think perfectionism will definitely get in the way of proper self-awareness. Because if we're trying to be the best at everything, then we're never going to kind of really know who we are. And we can't be the best at everything. We can train ourselves to be a bit better, but it's, um, it's still going to take you more time and energy. And is that really necessary? Hello, everyone. Thank you once again for joining me on Coaching in Focus. This is Joseph, your host. And on every episode, we talk to different coaches in relation to their practice and a number of coaching topics. And I also want to welcome Catherine, who is joining us today. So I'm really excited today because I've got Catherine Cyrus Clark with me. And Catherine is an ICF trained coach and a career coach as well. And we are going to be talking about self-awareness, a topic that is so, I think it's so important for coaches. So it's really nice to see Catherine on the podcast today. How are you? Good, good, good. Thank you. And you? Yeah, yeah, great, great. So um, so today we're talking about self-awareness, uh, particularly as coaches and the way that we could develop self-awareness in ourselves, but also in others. And I think it'd be really useful for some of our listeners to understand a little bit more about you and you know what, what got you studying coaching and to become a coach. So... Um... I, so I used to work in human resources for roughly 10 years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I loved the most about my job were the conversation with people around their development, around their career. And I used to specifically work with graduates. So recruiting them, looking after them um, while they were on the program and then helping them figure out what they want to do next. Mm. And so I got to a point where I, I didn't enjoy doing my job anymore. But the only bit I enjoyed were these conversations, mm. knowing that I would talk to them like every every few months. Um, and that's kind of what kept me going for, for a while. Um, but then I got to a point where like I didn't enjoy my job at all and thought, OK, what can I take away from this job and make something about it, like take it away and, and make it a career Mm. and that's what got me into coaching because I thought that's the conversations that I love they're about people growing and changing and and that's kind of very quickly I got into the the kind of coaching area and and even the name of your business you know people at heart it is about people it is about those those conversations yes definitely yeah no because what that's what I enjoyed the most in my previous job and the other thing as well is I had coaching myself early in my career like 12 years ago I had an amazing line manager who gave me access to lots of development opportunities and one of them was having a coach for I think it was six or eight sessions to help me grow my confidence at work but actually it did a lot more than that because it helped me understand more about myself Mm. Sounds fantastic. So you've kind of worked in coaching, because I see those conversations perhaps that you were having with with graduates, like coaching style conversations, but also you experienced coaching yourself um, previous to that. And what, um, who are the type of clients who you work with? 
So I work with, um, it's quite a wide range actually. So I work with people that are usually in a job and not really happy in their situation, but it could be for lots of very different reasons. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's about changing something in their job or relationships to feel kind of more comfortable where they are. Sometimes it's about changing jobs. And so we work on kind of identifying the companies they want to work for, refreshing their CV, getting ready for interviews. And sometimes it's about completely changing careers because they right. realize they're unhappy where they are. There's nothing's going to change it. So they just need to do something different. And it's figuring out that kind of the new options. Mm, mm, um, so, so lots of very different um, examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you for sharing that, Catherine. I think it gives our listeners as well a good understanding of your background and where you're coming into this conversation. You mentioned as you were talking about your experience with that coach that they helped you develop your um, self-awareness. What are some of the things that perhaps you learned along the way? Is that self-awareness for you? Because we're talking about self-awareness, but I haven't really defined it. What actually is it for you? Is, is, is it this process or this exercise or activity? <laughs> um, so for me, self-awareness is two things. It's about knowing yourself mm-hmm. quite well, but also knowing others, knowing mm. how to um, understand others and how we can be similar and different and how it can create conflict or collaboration. Mm-hmm. So self-awareness mm-hmm. is two things. It's that self-knowledge, but also how do you apply this in relationship to others? Mm. So it's like intrapersonal skills and interpersonal skills in a way. Yeah. Like um, That sounds quite hard. You know, when you, when you said that, knowing yourself, <laughs> it's quite a hard thing to achieve, isn't it? And then your relationship with others. So how do you develop your self-awareness as a human being, even not necessarily as a coach? Um, So as a human being, um, there's there's lots of different ways to develop your self-knowledge and self-awareness. There's lots of tools and assessments out there that I find useful. Some, Some people don't like them and that's fine. But things like personality profiles, strengths assessments, Uh, values assessments and there's lots of very different ways of doing it Mm. but I think it starts with kind of being okay with starting again what you thought you knew about yourself Mm -hmm. and possibly pushing it into the bin and saying okay I'm Mm. going to do these assessments with a blank mind with no preconceptions about myself Mm. and And whatever I learned from them yeah, whatever I learned from them. But then I think the next step to that, you can do the assessments, read the reports and be like, yeah. okay, that's yeah. but then it's what you do with it. Yeah. You look at it with like a new pair of eyes and say, okay, well, that makes sense. That explains to me why I reacted like this and that in that situation. That explains why I'm not in a good relationship with that person. So it's mm. then the application of this knowledge mm. that is going to be powerful. The open-mindedness, I think, is so key in what you're saying. It really resonate. I really resonate with that. Um, and even if we think about, you mentioned personality questionnaires like MBTI profiling, you can disagree with that. And you can say, actually, I look at the results, but I don't think this is really me. I think I'm a bit more like this. And 
linking on to that, you might think, let me see what feedback I might get from other people or let me kind of examine my previous experience. It's not just taking that to as being the truth, but really challenging, you used that word before, and examining it mm. and making it meaningful to you. Now, as a coach, how do you develop your self-awareness? Um, so two ways. I think the first way I was talking about, like everyone else, it's taking tests yeah. and trying different ones because they might give you something slightly different because every test, I mean, it has been designed by a different person. Mm. And this person is going to bring in their own kind of personal interpretations of like psychology theories or other things. So it's good. It's a good practice, I find, to try different things and then look at them and be like, does that confirm what I know already? Or does it mm -hmm. bring something new that I should kind of investigate? Um, but I think it's also in the work that I do with my clients. Mm. And it's understanding what kind of thoughts and emotions my clients bring to me almost. So sometimes I'll be with a client and something will come up and I'll be like, oh, wow, that's weird. You know, it kind of really resonates with me. So it's, it's looking into these feelings and checking kind of what does that mean for me? What does that say about me? Yeah. And again, yeah. being kind of curious. Yeah. And that's where for me, because I experienced that as well. Um, for me, I find supervision is really helpful from that point of view, because then I can bring those aspects to a supervision setting and discuss them with another coach um, and dig a little bit deeper around what perhaps um, could that mean to me? You know, what, what that feeling might be all about. Yeah. So, yeah. So there is the psychometrics that we could use. I also mentioned here you know, having discussions and supervision type activities. Um, there's also an element of feedback I see around this. I don't know, like, do you, do you seek feedback? Um, so, yeah, so I ask feedback from my clients when we finish, when we finish like a, a set of coaching sessions. I don't know, it's a bit tough to know what kind of questions and how to ask them. Mm -hmm. It's bringing to mind, you know, the Johari window, um, I don't know if you heard about that, that yeah. framework, you know, kind of trying as much as possible to understand our relationship with ourselves, but also with other people and perhaps, you know, looking at some of the blind spots that, that there are in there. Um, so I think that could be a helpful way how to create that feedback possibly. Yeah, yeah no, that's a good point. Yeah. And I also think the more that we're aware of ourselves, the more that we're also able to understand perhaps our own biases. I'm really interested in the way that that can also impact perhaps a coaching relationship um, and how other people might view us as well and their own biases. I mean, what do you think? Do you, do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question because it's, it takes some work mm. to be aware of our own biases. Mm. especially unconscious ones yeah. unconscious bias yeah definitely and they sometimes become a bit more conscious when we're faced with a new client and mm. we're like oh wow that's new mm. so i think it, it's very important to to take that bit of a step back when we work with new clients and check why maybe we're feeling a bit uncomfortable 
Mm. Why maybe we're feeling too comfortable with someone? Mm. Exactly. It's almost like it's Positive becoming bias. a friend. Yeah. 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 Be like, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, it's, I'm reinforcing something too much. I need to kind of step away. So it's a, it's a very interesting one. And I think, yeah, it does take that work of, of reflecting and bringing it to someone else, as you were mentioning, a supervisor mm. or a, a supervision group. Mm. Um, but one example I have, um, which I think, I mean, is interesting for me, but there's a client I've been working with, which I find the conversations like really draining almost like draining of my energy and I so I took it to my supervisor so and, and the conversation is still interesting and the clients kind of really engaged in the process but I just kind of I don't look forward to them yeah and when I have them they're draining mm. but then when we have after the fact I'm like yeah okay no it was a good conversation it was a mm. good session mm-hmm. but it's because that person is a very different personality type than me mm-hmm. and it's I know that I almost need a kind of like personality in my clients so that I feel kind of energized by the conversation so it's really weird and I'm not what I'm not too sure what to do with that kind of information because I don't want to stop a a relationship with a client because we're not the same yeah that wouldn't be a fair on them but also it would be too easy as a coach I think we also have this own this responsibility for ourselves to kind of challenge ourselves and not just go with the clients that we like and yeah. that we feel comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's kind of part of the exercise of being a coach and knowing yourselves is knowing when something doesn't feel comfortable to kind of yeah. stick with it and understand yeah. what's going on. Yeah. And I, I, I also think of this from two different lenses. There's an aspect around whether the person is finding it helpful like is this helpful for them you know my feelings perhaps I am getting a bit bored or whatever it is and I'm really using all my coaching skills to remain non-judgmental and present um but there's an acceptance around this is how I feel in this situation but is the client actually finding this helpful are they finding this useful is it beneficial for them because it could be I've been in that situation where I've had clients who I struggled with but they were super um positive about the coaching sessions it's it's not necessarily the same um the same feeling that we got but also the second question for me would be around is this still work that I can do you know what are the boundaries like am I perhaps feeling uncomfortable because I feel a little bit out of my depth and if that is the case do I need to signpost them to someone else or um perhaps refer them Mm. that's what I'd be thinking at that stage like which one of the two is it and that's definitely, yeah, that's a good question to ask ourselves. Um, and I think the best way to answer it is to take it to someone else as a supervisor, yeah, as a, yeah. an accountability partner, whatever feels exactly. right. Exactly. Or another coach, like a, a coaching colleague, as I call yeah. them. I have yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. And just say, I'm not sure, sure what to do with that. And talking through it is, I mean, that's usually what works for me is kind of helping me see how I feel about a relationship with a client and then decide what to do with it. Mm, mm, mm. Um, but I think, I mean, so far, I've always kind of stuck with my clients, even if I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Because I, um, various reasons, but one of them is having a hard time cutting a relationship, mm. <laughs> but also thinking, well, there's some learning in this. Yeah. So let's see what comes up and, um, and then we we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. There is an element of sometimes what is it that this uncomfortableness is telling us, particularly if the coach is also feeling it sometimes. 
you know, what is it? It could be because they've got, I don't know, a big goal and they're really kind of struggling with that. Um, and they're entering that coaching discussion with you with that feeling. And that could be impacting us as well. It's so key, isn't it? Being aware of how we feel um, and, the, and what has been created from that relationship. Get like two different types of feelings the feeling that how we feel about the situation versus what has been co-created as a result of that coaching session which is all about self-awareness ultimately yeah Mm-mm. so would you because i really see you know when i think about and you're aware of this being an icf coach you know that I mean, you think if you've got the competencies i find that self-awareness in a way is at the foundation mm. of everything that we do because if we are self-aware we might know you know, the type of behaviors that we might show if we're being a bit more judgmental or if we're not listening really well or if we're jumping to conclusion or being directive. So I kind of see it as, yeah, as the foundation of skills such as empathy, resilience. What do you think? Um, yeah, I agree with you mm. uh, completely. And I think sometimes self-awareness well, self-awareness usually comes along someone's life, like in different moments and yeah. through different experiences. Yeah. Uh, but what when when you were telling me all of this as kind of part of our development as a coach, is kind of how can we develop new coaches' self-awareness from the get-go mm. so that they almost know what to look out for as yeah. they grow as a coach? Like, is it should it be part of training almost? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it something that should come naturally, organically yeah. through the different relationships and experiences that we have? That would be kind of my thought at the moment, because I think I feel lucky that having been in an HR learning and development environment, mm. I got access to lots of opportunities to develop myself, to learn about new theories and to be exposed to people that could tell me about them and open my mind about them. And that's what made my career change very easy because I was like, yep, I know what I'm getting into. But it's not so easy for other people who are going through career change or for new coaches who are entering mm-hmm. new kind of this new career. Yeah, in a way, because my background is quite similar. We were lucky because, you know, um, reflecting uh, and self-assessing and doing these things were part of our jobs because yeah. we we are role models ultimately of the profession yeah. mm. so perhaps looking at it from the other point of view what could get in the way of us developing self-awareness okay there's a word that i don't want to use so i need to find a synonym okay what is uh, it i'm just going to use it yes uh, laziness okay all right i don't like laziness because it, it, it's usually not we're not lazy Mm. But it's the fact that maybe we don't have the time for it because it takes mm. time to develop our self-knowledge and it takes energy because it's about kind of looking at yourself and going like, ooh, okay, this is new, this is different. So it takes energy and time. And and we don't always have that time and energy. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, that can get in the way. Mm. Um, mm, interesting. the other thing that can get in the way is like not being ready to to face the truth about yeah ourselves. yeah um, because there's always going to be aspects of our personalities and and of who we are that we might not really like yeah. we might be like well that doesn't really um, compare well with the idea I had of myself 
so it sometimes it, it's going to take that kind of little courage almost yeah. to yeah, face yeah, that yeah. truth and be like okay yeah no i am like that just have to accept it mm. and know how to work with it and um and it it's sometimes there's no point in trying to change ourselves so yeah. it's that acceptance work that can be a bit tough and that can get in the way because someone yeah. might look at like a report and go like no i'm just going to ignore it and say that's rubbish and not validate yeah it and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah yeah i can see that really being um a challenge for some people and you know including myself you know i got to i remember in one of my first jobs, I was, I kept told quite a lot, oh, your attention to detail isn't great. You know, you need to up your attention to detail. And I, I kind of really worked hard on that. But then I was losing all of the great things that I brought to that particular job. And it was, it took a bit of time perhaps to, to really accept the thing, you know what, maybe my attention to detail isn't great and I'm just going to have to get this email checked by a colleague if it's an important one. <laughs> maybe I could do something to do. But that self-awareness and being okay with it, that we're not perfect. Perhaps, I, you know, I'd love to be able to have great attention to detail, but what would be the cost of getting there? Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. very good example. And I liked what you just said about we're not perfect. Mm. I think perfectionism will definitely get in the way of proper self-awareness yeah yeah because if we're trying to be the best at everything then we're never going to kind of really know who we are yeah and we can't be the best at everything yeah. we can train ourselves to be a bit better uh and as you're saying you know attention to detail you can spend a bit more time proofreading what you're doing and making sure it's all kind of very good but it's, um, it's still going to take you more time and energy. And is that really necessary? Exactly. So yeah, perfectionism exactly. Is, a, is something to, to get rid of. <laughs> Watch out. Or, yeah. The other thing that um, came to mind is that, as you were saying, this is around feedback. I know we talked about feedback earlier, but I think sometimes other people's feedback as well can get in the way because it might not be true or it might not be valid. You know, I've been given feedback before and I'm thinking... It must be true because somebody else has noticed it and they told me, even though deep down I feel it is not true. And it's not in an arrogant way, but it's more of kind of a, a challenge to ourselves around, is it actually true? Do I really do that? Or is it, or is this just that one person's subjective opinion, yeah. which could also halt us from thinking a little bit deeper? Yeah, that's true. It's very true because we all look at things with our own lens mm. and filters and someone someone might see us doing something mm. their own filter and be like oh i don't like that yeah and someone else would have a different filter and be like yeah. oh i love this yeah that's yeah. true feedback yeah. is really um individual but from the person who gives it yeah and also timings like i sometimes i feel that i'm slightly different with certain people than others although there is still a natural kind of essence of who i am Perhaps in certain work relationships, I am slightly different and people see me slightly different. And that is, so the feedback is not necessarily about the entirety of me, the whole of who I am, but perhaps an aspect of yeah. how this person is seeing me. Yeah. We're going quite deep here. So we're reaching towards the end of our podcast today. And what I, what I love doing towards the end is just see if you've got any tips for us in relation to the topic. So have you got perhaps any tips around how our listeners can develop 
their self-awareness of course going to a coach I think that could be a good one (laughs) (laughs) and we'll put your details here but is there anything else you think um yeah so as I was saying earlier there's so many stuff out there for free that people mm-hmm. can have access to. I would, and, and I'm gonna leave some links as well with you in terms of kind of some of the ones that I prefer, but I would also encourage people to kind of do some search and see what resonates with them. Cause some people might look at the MBTI and go, oh, I don't really like that, but there might be another personality assessment tool that gives some, a different vibe. So I would encourage people to, to do a bit of research first, do a few different exercises if they really want to kind of understand themselves better mm-hmm. and then if they feel ready to dive a bit deeper then they need to start talking to your coach about it mm-hmm. because it's only in that kind of relationship and in that conversation that self-awareness is really going to develop if you're keeping it all in your head it's not going to go anywhere mm-hmm. and it's going to stay with your own lens and filters yeah. but yeah. if you take it to someone else who is non-judgmental and neutral yeah. then it's going to take a different perspective. Yeah. It's yeah. going to take a different yeah. um, power. Almost. It's like when you journal as well, like you can have an idea, you know, on your mind and you think it's crystal clear and then you start journaling and writing it down. And that's when you might find loopholes and you might think, oh, this doesn't resonate with me anymore. Yeah. That getting it out on paper, that yeah. physical act can be really helpful. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, thank you, Catherine, so much for uh, our conversation today. Um, This is something that I think is so crucial for coaches. And so thank you for spending a bit of time with me talking through it. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You have been listening to our podcast, Coaching in Focus, and I'm Joseph, your host. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and if you have, it would be absolutely fantastic if you could rate the show or leave a comment wherever you found this podcast or even tell your friends about it. We're available on all major platforms including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So until I see you again, thank you so much for listening and take care of yourselves. Thank you.